Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us to give a PodPower shout-out to Overdue Finds, an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue Finds, head to epl.ca slash podcast. Have you ever had a really terrible job interview? I haven't had a really terrible job interview. Um, a friend of mine has. It was horrible. That's that's not good. No. Uh, She was applying for uh, an engineering position somewhere (laughs) because she is an engineer. Uh, Presumably. Yeah. But she's also one of those kind of fashionista type girlies mm-hmm. those two things in some people's mind conflict ah. and one of the interviewers made some comment about how there aren't any mirrors around for her and when she came back and told us that story i was horrified yeah i would have been like oh well that also to me indicates there's no job for me here and i would have left so, right like yeah. thanks gentlemen this has been enlightening good day yeah. i will take my skills Elsewhere. I will take my qualifications and go to one of your competitors. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would not have broke that at all. But... No, it was, yeah, the the abject shock on my face when she told that story. Like, how horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. What about you? Have you ever had a really bad job interview? I don't, uh, I'm sure I have. No, nothing immediately springs to mind. I thought maybe you might have a good story and you did it just wasn't yours so. <laughs> it wasn't mine it was a friend of mine yeah no i i don't think i've had a particularly bad job interview before I've certainly never been threatened at a job interview <laughs> no <laughs> no that's a that's a big red flag yeah so but having said that i guess we could do a brief recap of chapter two of our novel in which uh jebby strikes out to uh find a place to crash hits up a party unexpectedly at <laughs> uh their friend hack's place uh, finds a place to stay, and also finds out they did not get that art job that they were counting on. <laughs> and that leads us into Chapter 3 of Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee. You want to know what I titled my notes this week? Sure. Bad at this. <laughs> That's kind of where Jebby's at right now. In general, overall, at this chapter... Jebby is bad at this. Not I, art. Not bad at art. Jebby is bad at finding a job. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, we'll we'll discuss why. And oh, it's, yeah. it kind of ties back into some things that we supposed about Jebby's situation in earlier chapters. In that I believe that Jebby being largely sheltered by their sister did not do them any favors in this scenario. No. And so Bong Sunga is not entirely blameless for this situation. No. Sympathetic. Don't don't misunderstand. Uh, and certainly Bong Sunga has had the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. Also, 
at some point in your adult life, you kind of have to take responsibility for your own knowledge about the world around you, right? And Jebby has been disinterested up until Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it starts with Bonsuga sheltering them to keep them away from all this horrible politicalness and Jebby going along with it and being truly disinterested and disengaged with what's going on in their world. Jebby makes a comment in chapter one about how Bongsunga frequently makes them feel like a teenager, but Jebby also kind of acts like a teenager. Right? This is this is very double-sided. Yeah. Because Jebby's not standing up for themselves, and Bonsunga is treating them like a child. Yeah. So poor Jebby's... Kind of stuck a little arrested. A little, yeah. Yeah. One thing that they are also stuck doing right now is drinking heavily. Yes. Uh, despite not liking alcohol, they are kind of determined to get drunk at this time. Yeah, you might not like the alcohol, but they're after the effects. Yeah. So um, they're they're really hung up on not getting the job, and they can only assume that somebody found out that they weren't Rosani and that that cost them the job. I actually have a different theory as to what might be the problem. We'll get to that a little later on. I wonder if yours aligns with mine. Probably. We'll find out. The situation is starting to look a little dire, though. They are currently in a position where they have no certain living arrangement. They can't bring themselves to go crawling back to their sister just to get another earful. Well. And to have to eat crow. They did try once. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And no, they have not tried yet. Oh, no, um, not at this point, no. And they also need to have money to pay back the moneylender in 12 days. So the clock is ticking. Oh, yeah. Now, Hack shows up with someone Jebby doesn't know, a person called Ren, who also apparently is non-binary. That's the impression I get. Yeah, yeah, me too. Ren tries to cheer Jebby up. Hack tries to cheer Jebby up. Jebby is is not in the mood to be cheered up right now. <laughs> Jebby's already got drink in hand. Yeah. The time for cheering has passed. But Ren is like, hey, listen, Hack's kind of filled me in on what's going on here. I have friends over at the Ministry of Armor, and I've been told they're looking for artists right now. I might be able to hook you up. And Jebby's like, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not in the business of drawing propaganda posters. And Ren is like, all right, suit yourself and, and leaves. Hack's a bit put out by this. It's clear that Hack maybe pulled some strings to try to help Jebby. But Hack's version of helping isn't necessarily Jebby's version of helping. Well, yeah. I mean, Hack's trying to do Jebby a solid, but Jebby's not interested in working for the Ministry of Armor. Right. As, as they put it, they don't think they're quite that desperate yet. And Hack's like, well, you know, there aren't a lot of opportunities out there for Huagugan artists right now. So maybe reconsider it in a couple days. And Jebby's like, I'll have this all locked down in a couple days. A few days later, they do not have things locked down. Not even a little bit. No. Uh, this is the point where they do try to go and talk to Bong Sunga. Um, notes that... Their sister is having some mystery visitors mm. and also does not answer the door when Jebby goes knocking. So ultimately, Jebby is like, clearly Bong Sunga doesn't want to talk to me and gives up. Might have been another reason why Bong Sunga wasn't answering the door while the, those meetings were going on. Their usual art side gigs also all appear to have dried up. And Jebby becomes acutely aware at this time how much Bong Sunga had been insulating them from the volatile art market. Right? Yeah, apparently changing tastes and also some changing attitudes about what counts as seditious art mm. have made certain skills useless, have made certain artists basically unemployable right yeah, now. Yeah, certain, to, to put it very, very nicely, certain styles have become unfashionable. Yep. Right? 
They also can't afford to join a prestigious academy, which might be able to give them the connections they need to land a job, because that requires upfront money. Which they do not have. New. I mean, Jebby's also recognizing that Hack's generosity is going to reach its limit at some point. Yes. And they need to find a place to stay, but they can't even afford rent at, like, anything other than maybe a hostel. Yeah. Where they could pay, like, daily while they scrounge for money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's it's looking pretty dire. Jebby also comes to the realization that their adherence to studying the traditional arts have left them insulated in the arts community. Yeah. Um, they don't, limited, I would I would even go so far as to say. Yeah, they don't have the connections and friends that pop artists have. Right. They haven't been mingling with other artists. They haven't been working an arts trade. They've been breathing the rarefied air up with the hoity-toities. And they didn't even necessarily think they were doing that at the time. But this is the point where they're like, wow, if I actually was connected to the arts community that I'm theoretically part of... I might have some help right now, but the only friend I have is Hack. <laughs> yeah. Without the uh, quote unquote patronage yeah. of Bonsunga, Jebby's kind of lost. Well, and the irony is that Hack did actually pull some strings to help Jebby out, but Jebby wasn't interested. And that might have dissuaded Hack from trying again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can only offer someone help so many times and be yeah. rejected before you give up. Yeah. And I mean, Jebby's recognizes that they could make some effort to make some friends and connections right now. But once again, that falls into the problem of it takes time and money mm-hmm. to to make those inroads, neither of which they have at the moment. No. Yeah. So a few times during this like week of fruitless job searching, Jebby does walk to the Ministry of Armor. But keeps telling themselves they're still not that desperate. And they turn around and go back home every time. It's the equivalent of picking up the phone and hanging up before it connects. (laughs) Right? But finally, they are that desperate. And they decide, you know what? There's no harm in going in and taking a look around. Um, That's true. Because in Jebby's mind, uh, simply going up and looking at the bulletin boards isn't the same as accepting a job. Exactly. And, I mean, that's correct. It should be correct. <laughs> yes. It is not exactly. They head into the ministry with its re-landscaping and foreign cherry trees, spot some automata walking around with some weird new face paint on them that does actually pique Jebby's interest. Like, I don't recognize that color. That's that's new. Interesting, yeah. As an artist, I find that interesting. They do locate a bulletin board and do locate a job posting looking for staff artists and kind of accidentally wonder aloud why armor couldn't just borrow some artists from art it's all part of the government just borrow some people who are working in the art department and a man who's kind of hoved up next to them is like yeah interested and go right jebby doesn't realize that they're talking out loud yeah <laughs> jebby is embarrassed and caught off guard and and just says oh i i happen to be an artist a freelance artist i.e. unemployed artist. Yes. Um, But it sounds nicer if you say you're freelance. Yeah, and goes back to reading. And they hit the part about the starting wage, and their jaw basically hits the floor. (laughs) And the man who's still there is like, you're wondering what the catch is, aren't you? And Jebby's like, are you some kind of mind reader? (laughs) Well, also, uh, Jebby has a terrible poker face. Yeah. So... (laughs) Uh, the man says the former head of the department recently died under mysterious circumstances. Ooh, mysterious. He was murdered. Yeah, um, probably. And, and so uh, <laughs> that's part of the catch, and it's also why people aren't exactly chomping at the bit for the job right now. It is also starting to rain, and the man's like, tell you what, come into my office for a minute. 
at least until the rain passes. And we can discuss this a little more. And Jebby's like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. Dude clearly works here. He knows about this. What harm is there? Yeah. They say to themselves. And I mean, Jebby's also a little torn about this job offer, too. Like, even before we get to the office, Jebby's like, I am curious about the automata. Working here would give me more answers. On the other hand, I mean, Bongsunga lost her cool over me working for the harmless Ministry of Art. She'd have an aneurysm knowing that I was working for the military. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is... If they thought they were in worst case scenario before, they were incorrect. Correct. <laughs> this is this is worst worst case scenario. The man leads Jebby into the armor building, ultimately into a very ornate, very secure office, decorated in a Western style. Apparently it's easier on his old war wound. <laughs> and it dawns on Jebby this is not just some random functionary. He introduces himself as Girai Hafandin, and he is the deputy minister of the department. Yeah. Yeah. The deputy minister of armor. Yeah. It's like meeting the vice president. Kind of. <laughs> Jebby switches to a super polite mode of speech. Well, and... now that they know who they're talking to. Yeah, and I mean, Hefandon, to his credit, apologizes. Like, I didn't mean to deceive you. I kind of just assumed you knew who I was because I'm a big deal. <laughs> and I didn't realize you didn't know who I was until it was obvious you didn't know who I was. <laughs> so, my bad. I'd have introduced myself earlier. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and apparently he came to check Jebby out because Jebby has come under notice. Number one, because Jebby's been showing up at Armor every couple days and scoping it out. So, like, security's been like, there's some weird Wagugan person who keeps <laughs> popping by and scoping the place out. Maybe we should do a little security check on that person. And, I mean, it's also very possible that Hack or Ren could have passed that information along to him. Yeah. Because Ren knows people in armor, right? Right. I mm. I mean, Jebby even considers that Hack or Ren might have passed yeah. along the information, right? Because I have, I have a question, but I think we should finish off the chapter first to, yeah. to talk about the whole thing. Yeah, because it's not just so much that Jebby's been noticed. Fandon seems to know who Jebby is. Oh, and like, all sorts of interesting things about them. Has their whole backstory figured out and knows everything that's going on. And he's like, so listen, I know your situation is a little dire right now. I know you owe some money. I know you're looking for a place to live. This job could cover all that for you. Take care of all your problems pretty much instantly. It's a pretty sweet deal. It would involve working with Automata, which can be unsettling for some. And as I previously mentioned, the former head of the project was murdered, which is why we've been having trouble finding someone. But you kind of fell into our laps, and I would love for you to come work for us. And Jebby's like, I'm just going to maybe go now because I'm super weirded out by all this. And Hefandon is like, no, no. <laughs> I was giving you the sweet offer. Now I'm going to turn to coercion because I'm pretty desperate for someone. That's not outright stated, but strongly implied. No, it's it's more of a you have been chosen, you don't get to say no. Kind of, yeah. situation. <laughs> Basically, he confirms what we already more or less knew about Bongsuga. She has connections with revolutionaries. Yes. Yeah. And Jebby is surprised, but also not, not surprised. <laughs> right? I think the surprise comes that the Rosani know about it. I think that the surprise also comes from the fact that Jebby didn't, and then immediately is like, oh, it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah, like, for oh. not even a second of doubt, it's just like, nope, that absolutely tracks. Yeah, yep. that tracks. <laughs> oh, no, you know about it. Oh, things are bad. Yeah. 
That's, oh, things are so bad. The second thought is this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is a not so subtle threat either because this is Hafandon saying, hey, your sister is uh, probably a seditionist, but, you know, if you came and worked for us, she'd kind of be under my protection if you catch my meaning. <laughs> How could this go horribly wrong? So Jebby asks, all right, what exactly does this job entail? And Hafandon says, first of all, it does pay very well. You will be well compensated. You will be taken care of. As a bonus, we'll take care of the moneylender situation. That's that's just extra. It's like a you, signing bonus. Yeah, you don't even have to pay pay that guy off. We'll just take care of it for you. Second, because it's a high security job, your accommodations will be taken care of. You will live on site, partly for your protection, partly so we can keep an eye on you. You will be allowed to leave under guard from time to time. You're not a prisoner, but we're going to keep our eyes on you. Your sister as well, Hands off. She will not be taken into custody. But I'm going to be explicit about this. That is contingent on your good behavior. Yeah. That is my insurance policy. You're not going to do anything crazy. At least maybe there's an implication here, at least until the probationary period. is Right. When a level of trust has been established. For a very poignant second, (laughs) a terrible part of Jebby considers declining the offer just to spite Bongsunga. (laughs) Who would immediately be arrested. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. But this is really a no-win situation for Jebby yeah. at this point. Jebby's been backed a little bit into a corner here. And a little bit. Doesn't like it, but also, like, there is a silver lining to it. <sighs> a gilded cage is still a cage. Yeah, Jebby's story is kind of the Huagugan story right now. <laughs> hey, these people have shown up with all of this good stuff, and also, oh, we're prisoners in our own country. Great. Yeah, and now we're second-class citizens. Hooray! Hafandon also proves to be a very good reader of people because when Jebby does not immediately answer, he takes that as acceptance for the position. And it kind of was. I Again, it kind of has to be because Jebby would never risk Bungsunga like that. No, um, but uh, Jebby getting the job effectively ends Chapter 3. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the part I want to talk about. Yes. I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy pack. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. This was clearly orchestrated. Mm, kinda. It it was. I'm just not sure to what level it was orchestrated. I am willing to say that it does not stretch as far back as Jebby not getting the job at art. I think that that is a happy coincidence that led into Hafandon having having a very skilled artist who is now in dire need of work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what I, I mean. Think... I, I wonder at what point did Armour step in? Because it's possible, I don't know how plausible it is, but it's possible that the Ministry of Armor saw this spectacular artist and went, we want that one. I don't think that that's the case. I think that Jebby actually is unknowingly correct about why they didn't get the job in the Ministry of Art. Hmm. It's the same reason that they struggled to find a job afterward. Not connected? They're not connected. I'm willing to bet that a prestigious position at the Ministry of Art working for the government is as much about who you know as as how good you are. And as good as Jebby was... I'm willing to bet, objectively, they were the best artist in that group. It's possible. They didn't know the right people. And so 
some more mediocre talent got hired because they were someone's nephew or they knew a guy or they were owed a favor that Jebby isolated did not have. But Jebby was skilled and Hack, well-meaning, then was like, hey, my pal Ren has some government connections. Maybe he can hook my friend up. Ren passes that along to Armor, who then starts looking into Jebby's background and realizes this is a very skilled artist who we have potential leverage over, who is desperate for a job. Art's loss is our potential gain. And I'm willing to bet that that's maybe what happened. I could be wrong. Hefendon could have... <laughs> right? Like, this all could have started with that exam. Could have orchestrated things from that exam, absolutely. Where, where Armour got to... Because I'm under the impression that the Ministry of Armour is quite powerful based on the setting, <laughs> yeah. the scene. They're They're responsible for the automata, which are... A big deal, right? apparently. So, like I said before, it's possible that they knew they wouldn't be able to just hire this artist outright. So they sort of orchestrated a way for Jebby to get to the Ministry of Armor. And that's not and impossible. And then once they were close enough and desperate enough, yar. That's, that's not impossible because um, Hafanen makes it pretty clear they're desperate for an artist. He doesn't say it outright. I, I kind of paraphrased him saying it, but he doesn't say it outright. But they are clearly desperate for someone and having a hard time finding someone because the previous guy was murdered. Yeah, that, that kind of taints the job Yeah, a little if you're worried about your life. And I mean, I'd be willing to wager, and this might be delving into conspiracy corner stuff, that he was probably murdered by revolutionaries. Could <laughs> so. be. Could be. Don't know. Don't have enough pieces of that yeah. story yet. So, I mean, you might be correct. Maybe. I don't Armor know. might have arranged everything. But my my read is that Armor maybe uh, took advantage of somebody's misfortune. Which also makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Total side note. I cannot place what the Empire of Razan's historical counterpart culture is. Maybe it doesn't have one. At this time. Uh, it's possible. I mean, the Huagugans are clearly Koreans. Uh, yeah, They're, it's not one to one, but they are it, it, the fantasy is strongly inspired by Korea. Um, the Empire, though, I can't figure out if they're China or Japan, <laughs> or or kind of a blend of the two. A blend would make more sense, especially when you're talking about Western influence. Oh, maybe it's hard to say. Maybe it will become more clear as things go on. Maybe there have been there have been a little bit of like Japanese influences, a little bit of Chinese influences. I can't exactly place what the historical counterpart culture is so that's okay but i mean Again, maybe there isn't one good fantasy shouldn't necessarily be one-to-one no agreed to to any historical culture because no, otherwise it's just history with a different skin on it and that's silly all right well uh that pretty much wraps up chapter three then yeah so i think that's a good place to end it you'll want to read up on chapter four in time for next week in the meantime you know if jebby had found a place to stay all on their own probably they would have needed to uh fix the place up a little bit Possibly. In order, in order to, to make it a home. Indeed. And uh, one of the ways that you can help fix up your place to, to turn it into a new home is to find a contractor to help you with all the little things that need done around the house. And Atco offers a service called Rumi, which can help you out with that. Hi there, I'm Brendan, a certified home inspector with Rumi. Do you have a problem that needs fixing? Whether it's big or small, inside or outside, let me help you find out what's really going on can call me by phone or we can take a look together over video chat. 
visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and go to Ask a Home Inspector to book your appointment with me today. Rumi by Atco. I like the name. Rumi. With with umlauts. Yes. Yes. Rumi. Rumi. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, find out more about them and, of course, all the other sponsors for the Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find all of the member podcasts there. The there eight bazillion member podcasts a vast that we have. overstatement. It's awesome. Uh, but there are many wonderful podcasts on a variety of subjects. You'll likely find something you like. Mm-hmm. You can probably download those podcasts on your podcatcher of choice. That's probably where you're catching this pod. While you're there, you can give us a little rating and review. That helps us out. We appreciate it. Yeah, you can also reach out to us on the social media. Absolutely. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Correct. We are at the read along on most of those. Yeah, you can also get a hold of us via email. Indeed. We are at the read along at gmail.com. I like how you uh, threw in that lengthy breath. I ran out of air. I'm partly, sorry. partly to separate the at from the readalong at gmail dot com because that is the email. Address. Indeed, partly, partly to cause a break in the at, and partly because I legitimately ran out of breath and I needed to breathe in. Well, you can breathe in some more as we say goodbye to our listeners. So, uh, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time for our first day of work. Hopefully. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com.